Hello, and welcome to Terrestrial Takes. Today, we're going to be talking rookies. So sit back, relax, and let's get it on. Welcome back to Terrestrial Takes. We're back from vacation. I'm your host, Dushanes, joined as always by Tim at Nubs, double N, double B. How you doing? Good. We're getting the, the warm weather now, but I'm dealing with a little bit of joint pain, so I'm hoping that that goes away, but I'm just dealing with it for now. We got that. Uh, I, I posted a retweet and like piece yesterday about trying to get Sleeper to add some personal ranks to Sleeper for us to be able to move stuff around. And we're over 400 and some likes now. So it's pretty good to, within the first 20 hours of the, the post. So, Yeah, that would be a great addition to uh, Sleeper Drafts. Speaking of drafts, we're going to be talking drafts with uh, one of the best. We got Kevin for, at Bois underscore 22 from Fantasy Football Guys. And uh, he's also the Devi Royale co-host. They also have a Patreon. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to meet you guys and talk a little football. We're we're two days away from the draft. I, I'm over. Uh, I'm I'm kind of tired. I got draft take like itis going on right now. I'm just ready to ready to see where these guys go, and so we can just argue more about that. <laughs> yeah, burnout's getting uh, a little real, but uh, soon it'll all come to fruition. We'll have rookie drafts, and uh, takes can start formulating. <laughs> and speaking of takes, why Malik 101? <laughs> Well, yeah, look at that. No, no lubrication. Uh, you know, nope. I would, what I would say for me, like if you're going to draft in there now, this comes down to, in my opinion, you know, team makeup always. But if you're in this, just you got the one one, you earned it. I feel like a quarterback in this format, especially with Malik, with his rushing upside, he's going to hold his value. And I think we've argued about this for a, what, a while now, but it doesn't mean that I don't like Breeze. So I want everybody to know, like. I understand the people that take Breeze. Like, I understand those guys. But for me, just based on value, what we saw with Trevor Lawrence, what we saw with Jalen Hurts, and I will be honest, with what we saw with Jalen Hurts and how he did last year and with that team, which I think that Willis is a better passer than Jalen Hurts is, um, the, and he has the rushing upside. Like, why not just – you can draft Willis, take him. You have him for a year, at least two years, which he's probably going to get. If he starts right away and he looks good, now you're going to increase his value. Now you can ship him. And it's more of a value play to me. That's where I come from. So I came in a little dry. It was more of a joke for myself because when I was making up these questions to send to you, only the first one sent real quick, which was, it was just, why Malik 101? I figured that's Look, all we're doing, baby. That's, what I, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the whole pod. Yeah. So it looked like I was just hopping into your DMs to be like, dude, why Malik 101? But yeah, this is uh, something that we've sort of had fun with in our yeah. in mock drafts that we do. Um I, I am a little lower on Malik, but I, when you talk about Hertz, I think Hertz is whole thing. And the, the great value with him was he was like a mid-second round pick in Superflex drafts. He obviously didn't have the capital or, or the hype. And so that's why he was going there. Yeah. Um, is, is Hall in the same tier or is it a clear cut one-on-one for you? 
No, he's in the same tier. I'm not crazy here, Deshane's. I, I, there, there's like, I, I think that it just depends on your roster build. Like, if you moved up and you're in that area and you really don't need Malik, if you have two quarterbacks you feel comfortable in Superflex, then I think Hall is the guy. Um, but if you feel like your team's kind of in a rebuild, I don't mind going after Malik because when I do rebuilds or if I'm looking at my teams and, and I'm not comfortable with where they're at, I'll take the quarterback every time because a running back to me is a two-year asset. It's not something that I like to keep on my roster that much. I like to churn them. Um, and Hall, like, I don't know if I can get back what I could get back from Malik if Malik does well, or I could keep him. And now I have a quarterback in Superflex for the next eight years. So my counter argument would be that I think that running backs, especially lately, have improved their value after their first year. And I know there's also the argument of best player available. And I know we all say that, but at some point you're sitting there with one quarterback. It's kind of it'll be hard to pass up a, a Malik, especially as if he gets a good landing spot, which we'll get to, but it's something that I've noticed of late that like these quarterbacks, they, they do hold the value decently, but they, they don't in, increase their value, especially early, these early quarterbacks nearly as much as these running backs have. I mean, especially like even like, you know, uh, Javante Williams of last year, like he's a top three round asset now. And so that's where uh it's just something I've thought of as far as, you know, the safety of taking the quarterback in a rebuild. Also, what what about trading that 101 or 102 back and getting multiple picks and multiple players? R-O-I-B. You got to go back because I think it's there can be an op- opportunity where it can be a trap for rebuilding teams to try to lock in quarterbacks. I don't want to say too soon, but they might put too much of their available capital into one position when they really have to fill five or six. And I understand where you're saying where you could draft them and then move them and get more picks later, where in maybe even before you even select them, you're going through those avenues trying to, to locate the uh, just the better value or the better deal for your overall roster. No, I think that's a <clears throat> excuse me. I think that's a good point. I will say though, if you have the 101 and you need five or six spots to fill, even in a rebuild like that, and that's the only pick you have, you suck at fantasy, right? <laughs> like in reality, like if you have the 101 and you have five or six needs, you should have multiple first. So it shouldn't matter where you take these guys. Like if you're taking Willis to the 101, and I can take Hall or maybe get these wide receivers and build through them. Um, but to your credit, to your point, like yeah, if you can trade back, that's fine. I will say it's been harder for me or in other leagues that I've seen, I haven't seen the 101 get moved. And I'm in a lot of leagues because I'm a degenerate. Have you guys seen the 101 get moved? Because I haven't. I've traded for it like four times. And there's one where I can't get it. And I've been offering, I've I've been offering a lot. They finally, they they caught on to my 101 hype. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen another one move though. With it moving though, or in the leagues that you're seeing the 101 in, are, are you more or less assuming it's going to be Brees and that's why it's not going to be moved or that they're leaning towards Willis? Because I feel like in the leagues in which they're the 101 person owning the 101 is less likely to move it if they're targeting Brees because they're more likely to be a playoff team or a competing team. So that could have more um, impact or just even background on why it's not moving, where then the 102 may become a lot more um, lubricated and easier to move. <laughs> It's lubrication twice in one I like pod. That. I love I like it. That. I had to steal uh, it because it we, brings, I, we apparently didn't have enough to start. So. <laughs> it brings up a good point, actually. If if the 101 is owned by the 101 team, um, you might want to target that 102 if you're looking for Hall because they they might take uh, Malik, yeah. thinking that they have a complete rebuild at at that posi- at that uh, draft position. So 
Best Malik landing spot. What do you think? Yeah, I was thinking about this today um, as I was doing some of my prop bet stuff. Um, I, you know, I like the Seattle landing spot in a weird way. I do think that it, it could fit him well if they keep the weapons, if they keep Lockett and DK there. I think if he went to the Lions, that would be one of the best fantasy landing spots for everybody involved because golf is trash like i am done with golf i've been done with golf for years if you put him on that team and you have amon Ra, you have all those guys out there swift hawkinson chark if they draft a wide receiver like that would be one-on-one for me if the lions went after a wide receiver let's say they moved up to get willis they were able to get a wide receiver in the second or third depending on the draft situation i would love for him to go to the lions so since i sent you the dm it, when I sent it to you like two 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 days ago, uh, the odds were at 10, 10 and a half was his uh, was his line. He moved down to thirteen and a half, so he's sitting at thirteen and a half is his over under pick spot and uh, yeah. minus one thirty to 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 go over that to be picked after that. So I, I don't know. Do you? Th- it's it's tougher now. Do you think he's a top ten pick or do you think he's falling into that ten to twenty? I think he's a top. I think that he could be a top ten pick. Really, you know what it comes down to is Carolina's dumbass. Exactly. That's yeah. the really <laughs> the reality. Because are they going to take Kenny Pickett, who I think that would be a reach as well, or are they going to maybe try to move back? And I think that's the spot. If someone maybe moves in there, I've seen that. I don't know if the Falcons are going to go that way from everything that I've kind of researched and talked about. They look like they're probably going to take a wide receiver or one of the top defensive guys that they drop down. Um, but it really comes down to Carolina, like. I don't think Carolina will take Willis, but they, they want to move back because they have no draft capital because of Darnold. So if someone really wants to get into that spot, that's where we could see it. So it, it, I think they could. I think maybe if that's the part, if they move back, then we're looking at that. I like the odds under 13 and a half, though, because then you could still see some teams either move in there. And, and I think I think the odds have gotten better. Yeah, uh, I think a lot there could. I haven't heard any talk or any uh, reports, but the – Giants pick at five is also an interesting one, in my opinion, because they have seven as well. So if you want to get in front of Carolina, you you have you're trading with a team that already has a pick at seven. So they might be willing to move back a little bit. Yeah. And, and well, the Giants have talked about they don't want to pay two top seven picks. Like that was kind of uh, something that that was like a rumor going around that. And I don't know because the new GM there, he's he's notorious for not moving back. He's notorious for actually moving up with the Bills. He always did it. So there is that still going on. So I don't know if it's smoke or not. But there is something to say is like depending on how the board falls and where the talent's at, they might be comfortable moving one of those picks because they don't want to pay top 10 money to two guys. So something, too, is that around that 13 range, 10 to 13, the says the the top players that are really designated as the top players in this class kind of fall where then it becomes more of a preference thing. So there might be teams that are more willing to move back because they'll still be able to target their guy. Yeah. There's lots of uh, talk about trading back and it it also brought up a question of, and it it made me think of startups because everybody's always trying to move back. (laughs) Is, is their value now moving up finally? Uh, I think you have seen that in some startups as well. Isn't it weird how it shifts? Like, I, we've yeah. been in startups for the last few years. Like, I mean, three years ago, you could trade back all the time. And yeah. people didn't, people had no idea what was going on. And then now I've seen really smart people start trading up into the first round, getting their second quarterback. And, yeah. like, they double tap quarterback. And it's, it's very interesting how, that, how it shifts, the narrative shift. Yeah, if everybody's doing it, sometimes it, the, the value's on the other side. Yeah. I think we've so, also seen the shift in running backs where we're hitting that age, that age precipice as well as – we don't believe right now, I would say majority of us don't believe that there are that quality pool down to 20 
quarterbacks to really choose from. So locking them in early and just kind of filling in with the kind of confused value of the sixth, seventh, and eighth rounds kind of works out. And I've seen actually, this was a something that came up on the timeline of you know people starting eight, uh, startups starting with eight quarterbacks to start. And I actually think there is value going positional player there because say you chase that run and you get the ninth and 11th quarterback or whatever at the end. Now you're also allowing those guys that got the first quarterbacks to get the top positional players, whereas you could try and get two top positional players. And then as they fill in positional players, now you're going after cousins to a, and it's another theory question. I've been all about the theory this week. So is he still one one if he's taken by, or I guess I should just start with which one do you like? Put him, put these three spots in order. <laughs> Washington football team at 11, Houston at 13, New Orleans at 16. I would go Houston, Washington football team, and New Orleans last just because New Orleans is such a cat mess. And it's such <laughs> a, I think that's a tough situation for any guys to go into because I don't know how well they build around them. Houston is wide open to me. I mean, I like Davis Mills, but can we be honest with what Davis Mills is? Like, I think that's the question. Like, I think Houston's more comfortable just taking two guys and then getting a top pick next year um, and try and go Bryce or CJ. I think the Washington football team could be, or the commanders or whatever the hell they want to call them there. Uh, they could be interesting because Wentz is not good, right? So if you're looking at Wentz and you're looking at that area, like I even talked about it. I said that if somebody goes like strong or one of these guys goes to Washington later, that would be an interesting for me in Superflex leagues because I think they could overtake wins because I think he'll struggle again. Um, and I, th I think that's a that's a, that would be an interesting spot for him. So Houston would be number, number one if they could build around him. Washington, for just because I think he could start early enough and they can kind of fit him in that system. Do you think – do any of those spots kind of sway you from 101? I mean, yeah, if you went to New Orleans, I'd probably I'd stay away in terms of just value-wise. Um, but the other two, I'd be okay with it, depending on where I'm at as a team. Um, but, you know, it really comes down to how you feel. Like, I think he could beat out both those guys. So that's what I look at when they get drafted. Can they beat out those guys? And they, and they get that value. But even if he doesn't, look at Trey. Like, Trey Lance, he played, what, two games? I know he got injured. I know he would have started. And I'm a big Trey guy, too. He kept the value. So yep. even if he comes in, what to say he comes in for one game, blows up, and now we're like, oh, now I have this kind of value here, and I can just kind of move it if I want to. Yeah. Do you have a – we've we've uh, sort of exhausted the 101. Um, <laughs> we, we just need Thursday to come. So moving on to some other rookies here, do you have a clear teardrop in the first round of rookie drafts? Yeah, you and me have done a lot of rookie drafts uh, <laughs> uh, over the last time. You know, to me, like, I think the 109 right now, without the quarterback landing spot, I think that is, to me, a teardrop, like a big one. Um, it really it depends on how you feel about Alave or Pickens in that area because that's where there are a lot of those guys are going. Um, so I would say I feel comfortable drafting up to the 109, and then from the 110 on, it gets very um, – it, it gets it gets very muddled, especially depending on the running back situations. But it really, I think it'll matter if the quarterbacks get drafted in the first round because that's what's happening. I, I know in your mocks, and I was looking at your data, like a lot of the quarterbacks in the second round, that's not going to be the same. If Corral goes in the first, he'll be in the top 10. So that'll push down some of these guys. And I think that that'll see that teardrop kind of go lo lower and lower. Yeah. So I, I've got a clear top six tier. Well, not a, they're not all in the same tier. I got Brees at the top, but after six, uh, starting with 107 is where I see okay. a, a little bit of a drop, and then, and then again, I do see what you're saying at ten, and and the the quarterbacks with the draft capital is going to really 
influence things. Um, Pickett and Howell sitting at 111, 112 ish. That I've been saying it for a while, and that once they get drafted, those will probably go up. But now it's looking that Corral's an early second pick, and Howell might be a mid second pick. So they might actually drop into the early second. Yeah. And did you hear about Pickens? I don't know if you heard about he was in the car of something and like his teammate and like so there's talk pickens going in the second round now and now if he doesn't get first round draft capital like dahan dotson might jump in there so like there's so many question marks after that 109 to me that it gets very muddled what do you do you have a clear teardrop tim i'd say it's around that that area i I know that there's a mixed bag on Spiller, and I think that could be a determining factor in where people rank that drop-off, as well as where he goes. Because I I see Spiller as a volume type of running back, where that's where he's going to find success, and he needs that volume. But if he finds a team that was is going to give him that volume, I, I think that you got to put him back up there. There'll just be a lot less people that actually want to take him based on what they truly feel about his, you know, his skill set. The funny thing or interesting thing I've noticed about Spiller is it reminds me a lot of uh, Javante Williams last year of the six, seven, eight spot. He has very little deviation of where he's going. He's pretty much, he's not in that top tier, but he's like been clearly ahead of the second round in all the drafts. And just something I thought was interesting. I don't know what we can really gather from that. We need to figure out where he lands and whatnot. Um. Is there a range of picks that you're like aggressively or it's now it's a little too close to be buying picks, but was there a specific spot that you were really trying to get in, uh, in the draft? Well, like I said before, I was trying to get in that 108, 109 range, like above yeah. that line. Um, if I could, I would love to get in the, like before I, I was able to maneuver some guys where I put in like a late first with like, or a late first and a late second got in the top five which is something that I was trying to do is get into that category of like Wilson, London, Walker, or Hall, wherever they would go. Um, as far as that, if, if I know I've added some other guys, I, I actually like the third round, like the early third guys like Pierre Strong, uh, Mechie's in there. And like, there's some guys in there that you could target. So adding those thirds and like deals could probably helped a little bit, but let's be real. They're not going to do a lot. It depends. Like those guys are crapshoots anyway. Uh, but I like that area too. Mechie's been just the absolute steal all yeah. offseason uh, as an early third. And right now looking at his odds of where he's going, they project him to go like uh, late second, like yeah. 53. When that happens, he's going to be like a mid-second pick in super flex drafts, I think. So that's what pays off by having your uh, rookie drafts early is you get to call shots on guys you like a little bit more. It's not all – I mean, it's not all – it's a little hyperbolic, but for the most – a lot of uh, rankings after the draft end up just reflecting draft capital. Let's be honest. <laughs> and and I was I was thinking about that the other day. We were talking about that in um, on the Denver Row, I think, and we were talking about like, you know, it's so funny how you have these you have these rankings, and even Dave Wright was talking to me last night about it. And we have these rankings, and then we just throw it all out as soon as draft capital happens. And then like, it, but that's how you get kind of screwed sometimes because you 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 know you have a guy, and I kick myself all the time because I'm like, no, I really like this guy. I'm gonna take him, and then the draft capital happens, and then I just talk myself out of it. So this year, I'm really gonna go away from that. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna look at. Stick to my rankings. I will use draft capital, obviously, if it's not like a first, second, third round thing. But I'm, I'm going to stick to my rankings more because consensus can be wrong, as we know. Yeah, look at your right shoulder. That's right. Uh, it's something I tweeted. It's, I've been saying that for a while uh, or saying this for a while. Um, 
I, I make my tiers according to talent and then draft capital will affect the tiers. Yeah. Um, unless it's something crazy, then they might hop a tier or not, but that'll make it'll keep you from beating yourself up too much later for missing out on a guy you were high on because he got drafted a little later. You got a question for him, Tim? Yeah. Um, Going kind of continuing with how we have our rankings of players, and obviously it's before the draft, but like, have you seen any trending risers or fallers either in your preference or just in the space itself that you're kind of either surprised by or just it's something that stays top of mind? Well, Kyron Williams died, uh, and he, <laughs> you know, obviously with his testing and stuff, he wasn't someone I was very high on just because I didn't think he was going to test that well. Um, but it is interesting now where he's getting in this weird spot where he's kind of a value depending on where he's going at in leagues. It's funny how that kind of shifts. Um, I think that's interesting. I still think Jamison Williams is too low. I still, I think that he could easily be the wide receiver two of this class. Like I think I'm pretty high on Jamison, um, based on kind of what I've seen, but he's gone anywhere from the one Oh seven to one eleven, depending on the draft that you're in. And I still think he could he could find his way in there. Um, a guy that I really like is Pierre strong jr. Um, I think that he's kind of shot up a little bit more than I like. I liked him in the fourth round. I don't like him in the late second. That kind of sucks. Um, so there are, there are that consistencies there, but Kyron is an interest Weidemeyer. I mean, I don't think why he disappeared. He's on the milk carton ever since the combine. I don't know how you're drafting that guy. And it's funny. I know. And, and Duchenne probably knows about this too. When you do rookie drafts with people that haven't really, they're not in it like us. <laughs> and Weidemeyer goes like 206 or something. I'm just like, <laughs> Hey, it's good that you're here because you know, you got to learn. Cause then all yeah. the dudes just roast them in the chat. Like, what are you doing? And, yeah. Uh, soak in the chat. Man. <laughs> so I think Weidemeyer, I mean, I don't know how you draft him to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Kyron's actually an interesting thing because I was always low on him and I, yeah. I, I kind of have a thing against Notre Dame in general, but um, it was sort of just a couple big accounts were hyping him up as an RB3, RB2, and somebody said RB1. I won't say who, but that's what really why everyone I think rooted against him so much. But when he was actually the highest he was ever taken, which was way before the combine when I started t- keeping this. Uh, mock data was it was 205 that was the highest he, he was taken before that and then he kind of just he didn't fall far i mean he's now at 212 but he only fell from an adp of like 209 to 212 yeah. so like he is still kind of a value and i'm okay actually taking him there it was just sort of this that the echo chamber or whatever um where people kind of thought there was this massive kyron williams hype that really wasn't there like the jamar jefferson hype of last season yeah woof I saw him at mocks at 108. I was like, this is not, this is not it. The thing with Kyron though, is we always like he tested slow, but if he's the, the receiving back, I really don't think needing top 40, like the 40 yard dash numbers really matters because it's more of a space game anyway. And it's if you can operate in that space or if you can't. Well, with the la- <clears throat> I will say with the amount of running backs in this class, there's just a lot of them. The volume yeah. is out there. I know how good they are, but there's just a lot of them because of COVID year and all that stuff. If Kyron doesn't get good enough draft capital, I'm definitely out. Like if he yeah. falls into that, I mean, obviously in the fourth, fifth or sixth round, but if he goes like late day three, but some of these other guys pop up or they get that Atlanta volume or whatever, I'm all on that. Like I- Kyron's not a guy I'm going to risk myself on. That's just kind of how I feel. There's just a lot of other targets I have in that area that I prefer to uh, Kyron. Um, you got anything else for him, Tim? Well, I, uh, I know we were kind of still talking about, uh, the, when I say the prospects, but I, 
it was kind of fun and wanted to find out if you had any sleepers, but it kind of sounds like you kind of talked about Pierce Strong a little bit. I don't know if you had anybody deeper that you were uh, target or targeting or interested in at all, like that was kind of on a repeat basis or consistent basis. Kind of oh, the yeah. guy maybe you're not leaving the, the draft without something like that. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking about I like Ty Chandler from North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been getting him in like the I think I got him at the 407 last night in a, in a draft. And Ty's a kid from Tennessee who I followed pretty well for Debbie purposes. Uh, he's good. Like he has he he did really well in the East West Ryan Bowl that I covered for fantasy pros. And the coaches were raving about him. So I think he could get interesting draft capital just based on like what the scouts and everybody's talking about him receiving ability he has it he's just a very solid back and i think in the fourth round that's a shot Keontae ingram from usc those guys tend to be their Beatty from missouri like there's those three guys in that fourth round that i think could be could be values i wouldn't leave the draft with algier he was going against like you know i, I don't know i don't understand the algier thing maybe you guys can help me with that like he was playing against future insurance salesmen at byu and he looked good there who is uh who is Malik Willis playing against? Um, my, the, the kid who was a backup on my JV team at UMass. Yeah, but at least he looked just, really good. Yeah, he looked look really good. Great. Well, like, I saw something cool today. Uh, Al Jair was like number two or three uh, in yards uh, after contact. He was. For, I think. There, but he, I also went. I went and looked because it, the point of it was to show Brees Hall was really low, and I went and looked at volume. <laughs> and uh, Al Jair actually actually had a lot of volume too. He did. But, he did. I just like I I I but I'm not hey, huge on him either. It depends on where he's at. But those guys, Chandler, Ingram, um, Beatty, yeah. like, but Chandler's a guy that I've really been the coveting in that fourth. I like to go for those running backs that can maybe go in that and be number two or three on their team that with an injury, they could give you some volume this year in that third or fourth round. That's kind of how I that's my strategy. And now I'm telling Nubs who's in my league and he's gonna, he's gonna know what I'm doing here. It's okay. I'm gonna tell you I really like Ingram. So oh, there you I, go. I have him as uh what we see my running back seven in the class. Okay. So he's behind behind the whites and behind Brian Robinson, I believe. But yeah, I like him a lot. I think he has a three down uh skill set. And I actually think he's gonna be the one of the biggest risers in rookie drafts after the draft because I think he goes pretty early in the NFL draft. All right, so I know you got a lot going on you're a busy man and i appreciate you coming on this I, I really enjoyed the discussion so i got two more questions for you who do you want the cowboys to take and who do you think they take i want to take zion johnson if he's there i would like us to rebuild our line because our line is a it's overrated it's been overrated for the last two years and it would be nice if he's there i've heard some talk about it i don't know if he gets past the cardinals i hope he does i hope the cardinals do something stupid like they usually do um Thibodeau would be a dream if we moved up. I, I think that's a pipe dream, though. Who I don't want them to take is freaking Traylon Burks. And if we take <laughs> Traylon Burks, I am going to lose my mind. There's so that's many where he's sitting right now. Oh like, my god! His picks. I know. I know. <laughs> where, did, where did Jeff? Where did Jeff Bell put him in his mock? He put where him at freaking twenty-four, and he <laughs> put him for the Cowboys because he's a dude. <laughs> But what I will say, <laughs> but I, I, I don't want him to go there because why would we just not restructure Amari Cooper's deal if we were going to draft a wide receiver with all the other holes that we have on our team? Like we have so many holes on that team that we need an edge rusher, we need a linebacker, we need even a, we need some secondary help, we need offensive line help, and then we're going to take a wide receiver even though yeah. we have these guys. And it's just insert that meme of him smacking <laughs> that thing on that uh, tub of. Out of wide receiver. <laughs> uh, it, but you know what it's going to be? Because Jerry, Arkansas, Jerry's boy. Like, I know. I, I'm, I'm ready to get disappointed again. But that's just that's just my life as a Cowboy fan. I was well, I was kind of wondering, 
uh, why you didn't want Traylon Burks, but I can really understand it when you when you uh, talk about Amari because like they gave him away for a bag of chips, uh, and there are a lot of needs besides yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, I like Traylon. Like that'd be great. Sure, maybe move CD back into the slot and do these things. But based on just like Super Bowl and hey, can we compete? Because that window's pretty much closed. Like I feel like that was just a stupid mistake that they made. And like with that division, you guys should yeah. you should own the division. It should be you should be in the divisional weekend every year. Yeah, every damn year. And Jerry just sits there with his old ass staring at it in his thing. And he and we just because he's content. And me and my Dallas friends, we talk about it all the time. As long as he puts a product that looks okay on the field, he makes money, they make the playoffs, that's what he's content with. He is too scared. Catboy, his son, and Jerry are just too scared to make those moves that really got to go for it, and and it's frustrating. Well, I commend you for your um, allegiance and uh, staying true <laughs> to the Cowboys through the painful times oh, because I couldn't do it as a Pats fan. I'm a Bengals fan now. Who did? Yeah, if you ever want to switch teams, I can always create some profiles for teams for you, and you can select them like the dating game if you want to do that. Come back on as a special guest, and we'll do it again. You did a great uh, job. That's how Cowboys to the end. Cowboys. Are you are you in Texas? No, um, my grandpa was the University of Texas professor, um, and so I have like that on that side, and then my other family are Niner fans. So like I'm in the middle, um, and then it's a I don't know how much time yet, but he was a huge Dallas fan. He passed away when I was like nine. Um, he got killed in a drunk driving accident. And so one of the last things he gave me was like a Dallas Cowboy thing. Like, a, I think it was a helmet. Um, so ever since then, me and my brother were big Dallas fans for him. And so we're, we are going, we're, we're, we're in this to the long haul. I mean, we're going to just suffer together. That's how we are. At least he wasn't a Browns fan. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that was a nice story. Actually. We definitely had time for that. <laughs> um, I want to thank you again for coming on. I really enjoyed this talk. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or throw out there? No, I mean, hey, if you guys like Debbie or college football or even just like rookie talk, we do a lot on Debbie Royale. Uh, we have a show every Tuesday night at 630. Uh, other than that, you can see my written work at Football Guys. I just got there last month. I have three articles out. I just did a draft prop bets article today. So if you want to try to make some money, go check it out and, and let me know how you do. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Just a quick, easy one. We'll be back next week with a more structured pod as as we usually have. But Kevin, thanks again for coming on. I I really enjoyed this. And uh, two sleeps, baby. Let's get to the draft.